this is Ignite. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity we have to come into your presence. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross that made this possible. We can boldly come before your throne of grace to obtain grace and mercy in time of need. Holy Spirit, we're asking, we have come to meet with you today. We have not come to meet with any man. We're asking that you will speak to us in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we pray, oh God, that you will transform our lives through your word today in the name of Jesus. And at the end of today's service, we'll have the full cause to give glory, honor, and adoration to your name. We give you the praise forevermore, for in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. So, Last week, uh, we looked at, we continued um, in our topic of excellence, right? We're looking at the topic, an excellent spirit. Um, we started this three weeks ago, and this is the fourth week um, that we've been going through this topic. So I'm going to go through last week's recap. Um, we talked about the fact that excellence is not by accident. So when you see somebody operating at the highest level in their career or in any field of their endeavor, it is not by mistake. It's not, they, just, they, they didn't just get there by luck. Right? We said God is very intentional about each and every one of us, and we are here for a great purpose. God has great assignment for everyone. We also said if you believe in luck, you cannot be a candidate for the spirit of excellence um, because you can't replicate luck, right? So, um, and then we looked at God's plan, God's plan for his children. We saw in Deuteronomy 28, verse 13, that God's plan is for us to be leaders and not followers. We're supposed to be the head and not the tail. They're supposed to be on top and never been it. Um, and also, the church is supposed to be set on a hill. That is the plan of God for us to be distinguished, for us to be set apart, for us to be the solution provider, right? Like when the world is looking for solution, they should be able to come to us, the church, the body of Christ, because we have access to a dimension of wisdom that is not possible to tap into except you have the spirit of excellence, the only spirit living on the inside of you, which we do. Okay. Um, and then for his people to have good success, God wants us to have good success in everything we do. And, you know, we looked at Psalm 1, verse 2 to 3, which talked about, you know, being in the world. Uh, you know, studying the world gives us the ability to make our lives successful, you know, by applying what we learn. Our obedience to the word of God needs to be immediate and complete. And that is the way um, that we can have good success in everything that we do. And we looked at the characteristics of the spirit of excellence. We said it gives clarity of vision, right? So um, if you're going somewhere... And, you know, if it's foggy, you know, you get there, it takes you a longer time. But when you have clarity of vision, you're able to run with it, and you achieve God's plan and purpose for your life quicker. The spirit of excellence believes in continuous progress. Uh, we said we don't compare ourselves with other people. We don't compare ourselves with the world. Our standard is God. We all have our destiny that God has pre planned for us. So we're not following somebody to say, oh, this is what they've done. Well, I've achieved that. I can relax. There is always another degree of glory in God. Does anybody remember that? Yes. So as believers, our path is supposed to shine brighter and brighter. You are not allowed to know a better yesterday as believers. And I pray that you will never know a better yesterday in the name of Jesus. We looked at Proverbs 4, 18. says, but the path of the just the righteous, and the, right, uh, the righteous here is not talking about, you know, righteousness as a result of what we do. This is our positional righteousness in God. You know, God made he who had no sin, which is Jesus, um, to die on the cross and take our place. So that through that sacrifice, we now are referred to, we have our rightful place in God as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And our path is like the light of dawn, right? The path of the just is like, like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength and glory in the perfect day. So the fact that you're still alive, it means there is more that God wants um, to do with you. And number three, we said, the spirit of excellence enables us to always prepare for opportunities. God will not bring opportunities our way that we are not prepared for for the simple reason that we will either be overwhelmed by it or we will lose out on the opportunity. It will be too much for us to handle and it can be easily 
snatched away from us by the devil because we're not prepared. Number four is boldness. The spirit of excellence helps us to be bold. And this boldness comes from the inside to the outside, right? It, it, it's based on our confidence with God, not based on anything that we have done. Okay. All right, um, technical team, like um, I'm having, there's um, the Ignite um, barcode is showing on my screen here, so if you want to help with that, um, God bless you. Um, so today we're going to continue um, in, in, that, in that line. We're going to be exploring going beyond average. What does it take? How do we go? How, how do we operate in this level of excellence? We've seen that the plan of God for us is to be successful, but we know that not everyone is successful. No, not everyone is operating um, at, at the highest level of their career. God's plan is for us to be at the top 1% of the 1% in everything that we do. So how can we make that happen? Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. This is the same um, anchor text that we've been using throughout this. Uh, I'm going to start from verse 1. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. Verse 2 says, And over these three governors, of whom Daniel was one, that the satraps might give accounts to them, so that the king would not suffer any loss. And verse 3, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him above the old realm. We mentioned last week that the responsibility of distinguishing himself was upon Daniel, but he was empowered to do so because an excellent spirit was in him. So today, I want to set the stage. Um, introduction. The first thing I want you to know is the only spirit is the spirit of excellence. So somebody's here, you might be thinking, yeah, three weeks ago, we talked about, you know, God is a God of excellence, right? He's excellent and he's excellence. And today, we're saying, the only spirit is the spirit of excellence. Which one is it? So quickly, um, just to clarify for somebody that is you know, just thinking that in their mind, there is only one God, right? There is only one God, but this one God exists in three distinct persons. And that is referred to as the Trinity, you know, um, the eternal Godhead. So we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God the Father is in heaven. Jesus Christ has finished his work here on earth and is currently seated on the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is God on the inside of us. So right now, you and I are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. So everything that God is doing here on earth is doing it through the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verse 9. It says, you, however are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. So he's referring to Christians, believers, those that have given their lives to Christ. He says, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you, so if you have the spirit of God, which is the only spirit on the inside of you, then it translates you, it gives you access beyond the realm of the natural. So he's saying that you have not of this realm, you have not just of you know, flesh and blood, you have access. You have access to God's creative wisdom. You have access to the unlimited resources of God. And it goes on to say that, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to God. So the only spirit is reserved for only those that have given their life to Christ. The only spirit is the seal, is the mark that is on us that shows that we belong to Christ. So the Holy Spirit is excellent. He's excellent in every way. He's excellent in, in his character, in his nature, in everything that he does. The psalmist said in Psalm 150 verse 2, it says, praise him according to his excellent greatness. Right? So God is excellent. The Holy Spirit is excellent. And we as Christians, as children of God, we are called to be imitators of God. Ephesians 5.1 tells us that. We are called to be imitators of God. And that means we are to strive for 
excellence, the same level of excellence that can be ascribed to God, that is what people should see our work and say, wow, this is just amazing. This is beyond what you can explain away in the natural. That is the standard that God has set for us. But you and I know that based on our own abilities alone, that is a very daunting task. You know, producing results at the same level as God, it sounds almost impossible. And yes, it is impossible if you're trying to do it just by your own power and your own might. But guess what? We have an advantage. Does anybody know what, what our advantage is? The Holy Spirit. Awesome, yes. So let's look at John 16, verse 7. I'm reading in NASB. It says, but I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking. It says, it is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper shall not come to you. So Jesus is saying it is to our advantage that it goes away so that it can send the Holy Spirit to help us. But if I go, I will send him to you. So the Holy Spirit is here helping us, helping us to produce the same result that God, that can be ascribed to God. So the Holy Spirit in us, if we allow him, if you yield to the Holy Spirit, we are able to produce results that are excellent, just like God our Father. Genesis 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2 says, and the earth was formless and void, or a waste and emptiness, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Does everyone agree that, you know, this doesn't describe excellence? How many people would like to live in these conditions, right? Darkness, waste, chaos. I'm guessing nobody, right? So this is not excellent in any way, shape, or form. And then the Bible says the Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the water. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw, this was God's assessment. God saw that the light was good, pleasing, useful. So God saw that the result of what, is, what he created was excellence. It was pleasing to the eye. It was useful. And he affirmed and sustained it. God looked at the outcome of you know, the effort he put in and he said, this is something I can put my name on. He affirmed it. And God separated the light, distinguishing it from the darkness. So God is excellent, and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, is excellent as well. So it is impossible for God to do anything, to produce anything that is not excellent. The Bible attests to that. You know, if you open your Bibles to Psalm 139, verse 14. I'm reading the NLT. It says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Your workmanship is marvelous. Um, the TPT translation says, you know, everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. Everything God does is marvelously breathtaking. And that includes you, because God created you. Right? Everything God created, including you, is marvelously breathtaking. Come on, tell your neighbor you are marvelously breathtaking. Don't be afraid. I see some guys like, ah, right? Just tell your neighbor. You can tell them, James asked me to tell you, you are marvelously breathtaking. Yes. So you are marvelously breathtaking, each and every one. And that is why it is possible, you know, when the Bible says, you know, we are God's masterpiece, each and every one of us individually, no matter how many people are in the world, we are a piece of the master. Everything God created is marvelous. He created with excellence. Says, you you, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. You are a piece of the master and you are marvelously breathtaking. I want somebody to take note of that. Write it down, right? You know, I'm, I was leaving my house this morning, got dressed, look at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, yeah, you are wonderfully breathtaking. Marvelously breathtaking. Complete I don't need anybody, I don't need any outside opinion, right? I'm confident in what God and who God says I am. 
So that's a message for somebody. You are marvelously breathtaking. So the Holy Spirit is God on the inside of us and helps us to produce excellent result. Because the Holy Spirit is excellent by nature, it cannot associate with anything that is below par, anything that is average, or anything that is mediocre. Which brings me to my second point. The Holy Spirit does not want average. Revelation 3.16, it says, so because you are lukewarm, spiritually useless, I know, this is actually some of, one of the nicest uh, um, translation of it. And neither hot nor cold, neither hot nor cold means like, you know, you're neither here nor there, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not the last, but you're not the first, right? You know, we refer to it as, you know, I'm just coasting, all right, I'm just under the radar, I just do my own thing, I don't want to be noticed. I just blend in with the landscape. The only spirit does not want that at all. So why, you know, we are looking at like, yeah, I just, I know, I, I don't want, you know, I just do, I just do what they employed me to do. You know, we, we have, you know, we are saying, and that's a way for us to say, like, we just do the barest minimum. The only spirit does not want that. Right? It says, I will vomit you out of my mouth, rejecting you with disgust. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Now, sometimes, you know, it's tempting to think that, you know, there's safety in mediocrity, right? Like, you know, you don't want to, I just, I just want to, you know, keep to myself, be under the radar. I don't want to be noticed by, every, by anybody. But God is saying, no, I have too much invested in you to live like that. Your life is what? The life of God's only begotten son. God did not lay it all down on the line for you to just come to the world and live a life that is below the plan of God for you. God doesn't want you to live a life of insignificance. He says, it, it nauseates God. He says, it, it doesn't, like, it's better for, just choose. Do you want to be hot or do you want to be cold? Because if you're lukewarm, like, you know, you're not consistent. You show up, you know, regularly, you know, five days, and then the next day, you know, you don't show up at all. So you're unpredictable. The Holy Spirit does not want that. So let's go through some definitions quickly. What is average? Average is ordinary or common. Cheap, easily replaceable, right? So to bring that home in, in practical terms. So if you're doing something for somebody, you're in an organization, or you're volunteering somewhere, and I say you've been there for, for, for a couple of years or for however long, and you don't show up and they don't miss you. That means you're not doing anything extraordinary. You're not doing enough, you're not putting enough effort for anybody to even notice you're gone. Anybody can step into that role and deliver the same thing because there is nothing extraordinary about the way you are doing it. What is barely acceptable? The barest minimum. So if, the, if it's the barest mini, minimum, then you, know, you can get anybody to do that. Let's construct that with excellence. Excellence is going beyond expectations. So doing what is required, yes, but going the extra mile is to be outstanding. To be outstanding, to be distinct distinctions to be set apart so even you know in a group of people that are doing well you are in a class of your own you stand out when your name comes up they're like yeah you know and that was the case for daniel daniel maintained his position through four regime changes and that's a big deal right um let's even forget like you know the 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 um, the royal system and all that let's even you know bring it home to the corporate world when there's a new leader, you know, a new CEO, uh, um, you know, coming on board, or even like at the director level, you will see them hiring, trying to, you know, recruit people that they trust, bringing in their own people. But there's some people that are irreplaceable because of the level of work, the level of output, the quality of output. They are just too important for them to be let go. That was Daniel. You know. Every king that came in, they heard about him, they saw the kind of work he did. He proved he could do the job better than anybody else, and he maintained his position. 
That is what it means to be excellent, to stand out. So, what is the import, importance of your input? So, where do you come in in all of this? Remember last week we said, you know, success is not determined by God's sovereign will. It doesn't impose his will upon anybody. We have to be active participants. You only go as far as you want. Right? It is available, but you have to be an active participant to bring about the will of God and his purpose concerning your life. Your input is what determines your output. So what you put in determines the result you get. In the IT world, they say garbage in, garbage out. Right? Second Corinthians 9, 6. TLB, the Living Bible. It says, but remember this. If you give need to, you will get need to. A farmer who plants just a few seeds will get only a small crop. But if he plants much, he will reap much. You know, we often use this scripture you know, when it comes to giving, but it's a principle that applies to every aspect of life. The result you get will be proportional to the level of input you put in. If you're lazy and you only do the barest minimum, you're only, you only going to see the barest minimum as your output. However, if you're diligent in your effort and you sow bountifully, you can expect a bountiful harvest, a bountiful result. So in practical terms, what does this mean? You know, this means that if you want to achieve your goal and see success in any area of your life, you have to be diligent and consistent in your efforts. You have to be ready to go beyond what is required. Go the extra mile. You have to sow bountifully. You have to plant much. So in the season when you're supposed to be putting in work, you don't compare yourself with other people. You know where you're going. If you're supposed to be studying, if you're supposed to be networking, meeting people, um, you do what is required. So when people are asking, like, oh, yeah, let's go and hang out, and you're like, yeah, you know, I need to catch up, I need to study, I need to do this, you don't owe them any explanation. Because guess what? Time will tell how everybody's using their time. Right? So if you are investing your time doing what is required, and then suddenly in a couple of months, couple of years, you get the desired result, and they're like, yeah, how did you do it? And then you can tell them, it's just by the grace of God. Right? If somebody tells you that, again, we discussed it last week, just go and meet them that, you know, please, just tell me. Like, just, you know, when somebody tells you it's the grace of God, I just tell me, yeah, just, I don't want to tell you. Or I don't have time for you right now. So whatever it is you can, you know, try to talk to them and let them tell you exactly the principles that they applied. Because nothing just works. If something is working, somebody's working it. So, this principle requires discipline, right? So we must be willing to put in the time and effort required to see good results, to see success. So whether it's in your work, in your relationship, if you don't put time into it, if you don't invest in it, you're not going to get much out of it. The next um, thing I want us to know is average inputs leads to average results. Um, 2 Kings, chapter 13, verse 18 to 19. Actually, I'm going to start from verse 17. So, you know, this king came to um, Elisha, right? Um, uh, he, he was in a war, and he needed divine intervention. And he came to Elisha. Elisha told him, verse 17, he says, Open the eastern window. And he opened it. And he said, Shoot! So he shot an arrow. Elijah proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram. So at this point, it's not just an arrow. It's not, it's not just any arrow. Elisha, by the Spirit of God, has proclaimed that this arrow is now an arrow of victory over his enemies, Aram. For you will completely conquer the Arameans at Afek. So, Verse 18, so he's back to the king's court now to do his part. Then he said, 
Elijah said to him, now pick up the other arrows and strike them against the ground. So the king picked them up and struck the ground three times. And the man of God was angry with him. And he said, you should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you had destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. So the lesson from here is, the truth of the matter is, this king is going to enjoy some level of success. He's going to defeat his enemies three times. So people can look at that and celebrate it, right? You know, he conquered you know, the Arameans three times. But compared to what is available, there was so much more left on the table. Right? So what he took, the level of success that he enjoyed, is not an accurate representation of what is available in God. And it's the same thing with you and I today, right? You know, the, it, it's not about the limit of God's greatness, um, but it's just about our capacity to receive from God. What are we willing to do? Are we willing to put into required effort to achieve the results? Ephesians 3.20, we're all familiar with this verse of scripture. I'm reading the Living Bible. It says, now to God, now glory be to God, who by his mighty power at work within us is able to do far more than we can ever dare to ask or even dream of, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. If you have the desire, if God has put any desire in you, no matter how great it is, this passage of scripture is saying God can do so much more than that. Whatever it is you ask him in prayer, there is so much more available than that. But it's according to the power that works in you. You have a part to play in this. So the level of success we enjoy is not a reflection of what is available in God, but it is a reflection of what we are able to get based on the level of inputs that we put in. So the question is, you know, if there's so much more in God, right, if there's this, you know, limitless level of glory that we can attain, why then do people settle for average? Why are there so many people, why are there so many Christians that live a life of average, a life of mediocrity? So the first thing, first reason we're going to look at is they think they might not get the result that is commensurate with their input. Uh, emphasis here is on the think, because it's about mindset. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he in behavior. So our thought influences our actions, how we behave. One woman manipulates, he says to you, eat and drink, yet his heart is not with you, but it is begrudging the cost. It is begrudging the cost. So, you know, people look at, you know, what it's going to take. You know, I have to wake up and show up on time. And in the immediate natural, it seems like there's no difference. You know, you that are doing all the right things, you're showing up on time, and somebody else is coming late. You're like, yeah, after all, they didn't fire the people that are coming late. Um, you know, why do I have to show up on time? Said, arrival time is 8 a.m., but, you know, everybody comes in at 9. Why should I continue to come in at, at, at 8 when I can just come in at 9, at 9 like everybody else? But remember, it is God that rewards Promotion does not come. Promotion does not originate from here on earth. Promotion comes from God. So God is always watching. Serve whatsoever it is you're doing. You know, it might be in your relationship, it might be in your business, it might be in your career. Serve because God ultimately is the one that you're serving, not your employees. So this verse emphasizes on the power of the thought, right? And the impact it has on our lives. Our thought shapes our belief our attitude and our actions, and it ultimately decides how we end up in life. Because your actions repeated over time will become an habit. And your habit will become your character. And your character will determine how you end up in life. So we need to think about the things that, you know, we're letting into our minds, because that's what forms our thoughts. The information, information, it goes into us and forms how we think and then we react based on that. 
So, you know, that's why, you know, it's important what we listen to, right? You know, we've said that in a couple of times, pastor has preached on that. Um, you know, what you let into your information gateway is very, very important. And when you find yourself drifting away in thoughts that, you know, don't align with the word of God and the plan and purpose of God for your life, don't just let it go. You have to take authority, take it captive. You know, take it captive according to 2 Corinthians 10.5. You know, if you catch yourself in the midst of those thoughts, those are not your thoughts. And those are not God's thoughts. Those are not God's plans for you. They are from the devil. So take authority. Take a moment. If you can pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit and command it. I command you in the mighty name of Jesus, every thought, every argument that is exalting itself against knowledge of God in my life, I bind you and I tear you down in Jesus' name. It is very important because what is happening is at some point for whatever reason, You've, maybe you've exposed yourself or you've, you've listened to something. It might be on social media. And I'm not looking at anybody. It's happened to me as well. And I know, I, I'll give you an example, right? You know, you've listened to something that you're not even paying attention to. And that's why it, you don't have to pay attention to it for it to enter into your mind. So now it has gone in and it is t- starting to take a life of its own. It's starting to take a life of its own. Now you're thinking it. If you allow it to continue like that, then you will start acting it, even without knowing. So don't let the devil use your, your mind as the warehouse for his evil thoughts. Right? So take authority over it and declare what God says about you. You have to speak back. So an example is one day, I, I think I, I came back from the mall, um, and then I was walking late into the evening, and suddenly I, I, I found myself like, I mean, like, a song. And I was like, wait a minute. Like, what song is this? Like, where did I get this from? So I stopped. But then I found myself doing it again, like, a few minutes after. And then again, and then again. And then I checked. And I'm like, yeah, like, what kind of song is this? Like, I can't remember exactly what the song is, but I know it was very negative. Right? So, <laughs> so while I was preparing for this, and the only speech reminded me of this encounter, and I, you know, I wanted to share this story. I was trying to remember, like, you know, what is this song? Like, it will, it, it will make sense to, you know, share what the song is and stuff. <laughs> but I could not remember it for the life of me. And, you know, the Holy Spirit said, you, you took it captive, so it's gone. Right? You know, you, it, it is gone. It's, it's not there anymore. So don't, you know, don't choke with things like this. You just have to act. So I applied that, spoke to it, declared the word of God. And it's not a one-time thing. You know, it, it, it was you know, something I might have listened to, either music in the mall or something on Instagram or whatever, but it's, it's in. It's, it's trying to take a life of its own in my mind, and I have to take authority and seize and take control of it. Words are very powerful. Information, very, very powerful. They chart the course. They determine how far you will go in life. So an example is, I can't remember that specific song, but I was just, there was another song that, you know, I think was sometimes last year or two years ago. Um, uh, the song is called um, Running To You. Some of you might know it, right? I heard it on um, Instagram, and man, like, you know, the, the, the music like, was really good. I liked it. So I listened to it first time, second time, right, just, you know, on somebody's feed. And I was like, okay, let me go, go, go and check out this song. So I checked it out, and the first few verses, I was just like, nah. Right? And the first few verses, I think it goes something like, I'm paraphrasing, like, um, I think it's, it's a song of affection the, the person wrote to somebody, and I was like, oh, um, anybody that wants to fight you, um, they can come, because they already know that, you know, I'll be standing by you, like the world of Jericho. Right? So, what exactly happens to the world of Jericho? So, am I supposed to take comfort in the fact that you'll be standing by me, like the world of Jericho that's going to fall down flat? Right? So, somebody say, yeah, James, just stick to an excellent spirit. But it's true. It's the word of God. Like, words are powerful. You have to watch what you get into your mind because either you like it or not, just that innocent verse of scripture, it's, it's heresy. Right? So, and I think it was pastor that shared, like, you know, many years ago as well, regarding that, this uh, um, song, um, um, heal the world, make it a better place, and all of that, right? That, um, there's a part of the song that says, you know, God, like Jesus gave an example where um, he turned stone to bread or something like that. Jesus never did that, <laughs> right? So, 
again, you have to watch it. So they think that, you know, when they put in this effort, they're not going to get the, commens um, the commensurate result. That alone is the deception of the devil. Because Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us very clearly, if you can give me Hebrews 11 verse 6, it says God is a rewarder, right? But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder here is, he should believe that, you know, God is love, right? You know, we say God is love, right? Um, everyone believes that. So if you believe that God's nature, his character, it is who he is, it's the same thing as this. God is a rewarder. If you put in the effort, if you seek him diligently, the level of your input, God is always going to honor it. If you're diligent, if you follow his principles, this scripture is telling you guaranteed there's going to be a payday for you. God does not owe. And it's not going to start with you. So it's a wrong mindset. Another reason why people settle for average is they compare themselves with others. I'm not going to dwell too much on this because we touched on this last week. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, 12. I'm reading the Passion Translation. It says, of course... We wouldn't dare to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with those who rate themselves so highly. Based on what? They compare themselves to one another and make up their own standards to measure themselves by. So they make up their own standards to measure themselves by and then they judge themselves by their own standards. What self-delusion. So it's not wise to, you know, compare yourself with other people, compare yourself with, you know, what's going on out there in the world. That is not the standard. The standard is the destiny, the plan that God has mapped out for you. The great destiny that God has prepared for you. God is the one setting your standard. So you're not looking at yourself and saying, yes, I have arrived. You know, compared to so, so, and so, and so, and so, I've done this, I've done that, I've done that. No. Let's look at that, the example of Joshua. Um, so um, the Bible says, I think it's um, Joshua 13, um, the message translation, verse 1. It says, when Joshua had reached a venerable age, venerable age means he, he, he has led Israel through so many battles, won so many war, right? Um, it was honored. It was referred. It was revered in society. Like, he, he doesn't go, it doesn't get better than that, right? You know, he has, he, has, he, has, he has seen it all, it seems, in the realm of the natural well, let's see, what did God say to him? God said, you've had a good, long life. No, God even alluded to it. You know, God said to him, you've had a good, long life. But there is still a lot of land still to be taken. You would never get to a stage, if you're still alive and you're a Christian, you've never, you would never get to a stage where you, know, you say, oh, yes, I've arrived. I don't need to improve. There is nothing else to do. So, Comparing yourself to other people limits you and prevents you from living God's best for you. Three, they judge themselves by their past. They judge themselves by their past. Isaiah 43, 18 to 19 says, but forget all that, whatever all that is, past failures, past art, past pains, and listen, your feelings are very valid. That's not, you know, that's not, we're not even going there, right? You know, your feelings are valid. How you feel, very, very valid. But you cannot stay on Pity Street. You can't buy a mansion on, on Pity Boulevard. You have, to, you have to move on, right? You have to ask God to heal you. And ask God to give you grace to forgive whoever it is that, you know, I've offended you, I've brought you pain. But don't let them hurt you twice. Don't let them, you know, they've done what they've done. Don't let them prevent you from laying hold of the great future that God has for you too. God is saying, whatever it is, it's in the past. Forget about it. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. Verse 19 says, I'm about to do something new. It says, see, I have already begun. I am doing it already. But for you to see it, you can't, you can't drive forward looking at the rearview mirror. 
You can't walk forward, you know, just looking behind you and trying to walk forward. It's, it's not possible. You're not going to make progress that way. So God is saying, I'm doing something new. Look, look, look ahead. Focus on the future. I've already begun to do something new that you're not even recognizing it because you're so focused on what has happened in the past. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. God is saying no matter how difficult the situation is, no matter how bad the damage you think has been done is, God is saying, I am doing something new. I am creating beauty out of the ashes of what is left. Tell your neighbor, God is doing something new in my life. God is doing something new in my life. So don't focus, don't focus on past failures. Don't focus on past successes. Focus on the future. Because your future is wonderful and it has a happy ending. Yes, go ahead, clap for Jesus if you're clapping. The fourth thing quickly is fear of breaking new ground. Hosea 10, 12, New King James Version, it says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy. Break up your fallow grounds, for it is time to seek the Lord till it comes and rains righteousness on you. So this verse is talking about, you know, the fear. Fear holds people back from, from even trying anything at all. You know, fear of, yeah, what if I fail? What will people say? Um, I'm not sure. And the devil uses fear to paralyze people, Christians included, because you're not even going to take any action at all. You're just there. You're not going to make a move. Right? But for you to break into the new thing that God is doing, for you to break new grounds, you need to take a bold step of faith. You need to trust God. The Bible says God will guide you along the best pathway. I think it's Psalm 3 verse 8. Um, God will guide you along the best pathway for your life. So you're not doing it alone. God is guiding you along the way. God is watching over you. The easy way to look at it is think about whatever it is you're afraid of. Think about the worst case scenario. Like, take that situation. Think about the worst case scenario. And ask yourself this question. Is that scenario still impossible for God to turn around? Yeah? If it's not impossible for God to turn around, then make a move. As far as you're acting in faith, you're acting based on the word of God, based on God's instruction to you. Don't let fear cripple you and prevent you from experiencing the best that God has in store for you. So what are the keys to rising above average? The first key is deepening your personal knowledge of God. Deepening your personal knowledge of God. Emphasis here is on personal. I cannot know God for you, right? Um, your friends, your parents, as, long as, as much as they love you, they cannot know God for you. It is your personal responsibility to acquaint yourself with God, get to know God, deepen your relationship with God. Daniel 11.32 says, It will flatter those who hate the things of God and win them over to his side, but the people who know their God shall be strong and do great things. The people that will do great things and are the people who know their God. They have the knowledge of their God. It is the God that, that you know that will show up for you when you need him. Right? So you have to know God for yourself. You can't, you know, contract it out. It's not Pastor Wagner's responsibility, you know, to know God for, for you. Yes, you come to church. It feeds you with the word of God. So you can go back and use that and apply that and deepen your knowledge of God, deepen your relationship with God. Spend more time, quality time with God. So what are some of the ways you can deepen your relationship with God? Joshua 1.8, um, the Amplified Bible says, the book, this book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read. You shall read, one. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do 
everything in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So a few things from this universal scripture. One is regular Bible reading. You have to read your Bible. You have to. See, it, it, you can start with, you know, five verses. But what is key? The key thing here is consistency. Have a plan that you follow. Right? Have a plan that you follow. You can start from the book of John, but whatever you do, just make sure that you are consistent. It doesn't have to be in the morning. If, you know, some of us, you know, if you work, you do a kind of work, maybe, you know, you're in the healthcare industry, you're a nurse, or you work on night shift and stuff, it makes sense that you want to do your devotion maybe in the afternoon or in the evening, right? It's not about niganism, but it's just about the consistency, spending time with the Word of God, because the Word of God is the revelation of God to you. So you have to invest time in reading the Bible. Second thing, you have to study. So there is time for reading and there's time for studying. You have to study the word of God. What does it mean? You know, what is, what, what is the Bible saying here when it says, you know, um, for the blameless man? What does it mean to be blameless? What does it mean to be righteous? Is God talking about, you know, um, um, righteousness through the works of my hand? Or is he talking about, you know, uh, my positional righteousness in God? Right? You, you ask questions. Uh, you use scriptures to interpret scripture. You look for a Bible concordance. I mean, yeah, we are young adults. Nobody uses that. Bible gateway, right? Bible study tools. You, you just, you know, search and search and search. Spend time to study and understand. And in the process of your studying, meditate on what you're studying or what you've read. Take a part. So when you read in the morning, you know, you know maybe five verses, you know, look for, I mean, if it's just one, even just a phrase that, you know, you can meditate on. Ponder on it, think about it throughout the day. That's what it means by, you know, meditating, meditating on it day and night, having that conversation with the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit will, will start, you know, revealing the truth of the Word of God to you, taking you deeper. Also, let the Word of God dwell in you richly. Pastor mentioned it in the service this morning. It's not about quoting like verbatim, you know, the, the, the verse, the chapter. No, it's about as far as you know it, you've meditated on it, it's real to you, you understand it. You can quote it the way you understand it. It doesn't have to be word for word. God is not like, yeah, you got that wrong. Yes, I'm not showing up. <laughs> yeah? And you quote, you quote a passage of scripture and God is like, yeah, nice try. No, that's not, that's not what it's about. It's about, you know, the knowledge of God, your understanding. So it is those who know their God that will be strong. That's what makes you strong. Knowing God, knowing his character, knowing his abilities. And then praying, right? You have to pray. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. And then the last thing is you have to obey. You have to be careful to observe. You have to be careful to do everything in accordance to all that is written in it. Your obedience to the word of God has to be complete. You cannot select and say, oh yeah, this one, you know, I will do that one. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not there yet. No, your obedience has to be complete. And it has to be immediate. Um, two Sundays ago, um, I think um, Corinne spoke a lot um, about um, the word of God, right? So I, I would encourage you, go back to that sermon. Um, so, you know, just digest it. Go over it over and over again. But you have to get into the word of God. You have to. Your relationship with the word of God cannot be a Sunday, Sunday thing. It be something that you just come, open your Bible, and then, you know, see you next week. The next thing is boldness. Boldness. The step, first step to being bold is realizing that your confidence is dependent on Christ. Your confidence is based on your identity in Christ. Not based on what you have, not based on, you know, you know, who you are here in the realm of the natural. It's based on your identity in Christ. Boldness that we're talking about here comes from the inside out. It is the knowledge of God that makes you confident that the things that you have embarked upon, the things you're setting out to do, is going to turn out and it's going to end in your favor. When you know your primary identity, 
and your primary identity is the most important, the most prestigious title in the kingdom of God. Do you know what it is? Child of God. That's it. Child of God. You are a child of God. Just understanding what that means, oh my God, it will give you, pump you up with a lot of confidence. Right? You know that, you know, walking in that knowledge, you're a child of God. You have access to everything. You are joint heirs with Christ. You have access to everything that Jesus has access to. Whatsoever cannot stop Jesus cannot stop you. This helps with your confidence. You know, it makes you bold, right? As your faith in God increases, your confidence in God increases, you become bold. That's why it is important to renew your mind in the word of God. Because that's how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You are a child of God. And quickly hear what God says about that. Because it's a big deal. Isaiah 41.10 says, do not fear anything. I am with you. Don't fear anything. Do not be afraid for I am God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand of justice, of power, of victory, and of salvation. You walk in this confidence. This thing I'm embarking on, I have God's word. God has spoken to me. I'm acting. It is impossible for me to fail because God is with me. He says it will strengthen me. It will take hold of me with his right hand that guarantees justice. It guarantees power and it guarantees victory. Isn't it amazing to be a child of God? So, right, if you have it, I would encourage you, if you have not read it, read it. You know, biblical strategies, like real life, practical examples that you can start applying tomorrow that will help you to live a fearless life. Right? This is it. And it's about our own locally resident, globally impactful PTA. Yes. So, take it, read it, digest it, sit down with it. It will help you. It talks about everything I have mentioned in great detail. Your identity in Christ, how to live fearless in God. So if you don't have it, go to the bookshop, pick it up, make sure you read it, right? And I'm giving this copy out to somebody that will read it and wants it. He stepped up, yeah. He stepped up. Quickly because of time, prayer. Daniel 6.10. Daniel was a man given to prayer. It says, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, you know, this is the law that said, that, you know, he cannot pray. He went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. Key here is as usual. He didn't deviate from anything um, that he wasn't doing normally. Right? With his in windows open towards Jerusalem, he prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to the Lord. Daniel is a man of prayer. Prayer is, you know, communicating with God. Prayer is, you know, in the place of prayer, we rub mind with God. It's where we download, we tap into creative ideas, creative wisdom of God. So through prayer, Daniel was able to tap into the power of God and receive divine guidance and divine solution. So many examples of that in the book of Daniel that time will not permit us to look into. So prayer is key. And the key to prayer here as well is consistency. You know, if it's 10 minutes prayer you're going to do every day, start with that and be consistent with it. Don't just, you know, go out for me and say, yes, I'm going to start praying two hours every day. And then you do it today and tomorrow you're like, yeah. If it's five min uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, start, start by doing something and be consistent with it. There's a song we sang, you know, when we're growing up, um, which is, you know, forever relevant. You know, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day if you want to grow. That still applies. What you see here, what is happening around you, you have a right, you know, to decide what you want. And how you do that, how you enforce your dominion mandate here on earth is through prayer. Psalm 115 verse 16, Amplified Bible says, The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the children of men. God has given you the responsibility here to have dominion. So prayer is the way, is how we call on God to intervene in our affairs here on earth. So, 
If you want to live a life of excellence, if you want to live God's best, you don't want to live in mediocre, you have to key into these principles. You have to give it your all. You have to be diligent. You have to be disciplined. You have to yield to the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you who will empower you to be all of those things, but it is ultimately your decision how far you want to go in achieving God's plan for your life. And I pray that none of us will miss out on a great destiny God has for us in Jesus' name. Let us rise to our feet. Yes, let's thank God. Let's appreciate God. If you are clapping, clap for Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that word. Quickly, I want to give somebody an opportunity. Um, you've heard the key to all of this is a relationship with God, right? The Holy Spirit, Christ, the Spirit of God living on the inside of us is only reserved for believers, for children of God. And what an awesome privilege it is. What an amazing experience it is to be a child of God. So I'm inviting you today, if you're saying, James, I don't know what it means to have a relationship with God. Or, I used to have a relationship with God before, but not anymore. God is not angry with you. God wants nothing more than to have a relationship with you. So if you're somebody here and you want to make that decision today, you want to be decisive, you want to live a life of excellence, a life of significance, I want to say that prayer with you. So wherever you are, even if you're watching online, as far as it's safe to do so, you're not driving or you're not operating any machinery, just place your hand on your chest. Um, I'm going to say a word of prayer with you. At Ignite Church, I'll invite you, let's join our brothers and sisters, you know, in saying this prayer because this is a very, very important step. Heavenly Father, I come before you today. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins. And on the third day, he rose again. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Wipe away my sins and give me the grace to live a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Welcome to God's family. Come on, Ignite Church. Let's celebrate them. If you said that prayer, congratulations. This is a very, very important day. You know, I can remember exactly where I was, um, you know, when I gave my life to Christ. It's the beginning of great and mighty things in your life that you remember for the rest of your life. So if you're here, um, there's a, a, a young man just there, uh, and we have... Um, somebody else on this hour as well, just, you know, show, just raise your hand, let them see you. They want to give you um, um, some forms for you to complete. We want to give you some gifts, some materials that will help you to get started. If you're watching online, scan the QR code on your screen right now, um, fill up the form. We're not sending, you know, any tele telemarketing material or whatever. It's just for us to be part of this journey and equip you to be successful in it. And God bless you as you do so in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of us want the spirit of excellence? Yes. So we're going to pray. Uh, we're going to pray. We're going to ask God. We're going to pray for the fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Luke 11.13 says, If you then being evil, you know, talking about men, know how to give good gifts. You know, we can all agree that the spirit of excellence is a very good gift to have. Right? How much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of excellence, to those who ask him? So the prayer point is, Father, Give me a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of excellence to make me outstanding in my pursuit. In Jesus' name, let's begin to pray. Father, I'm asking, oh God, give me the fresh infilling of the spirit of excellence to make me outstanding in my pursuit. Lord, I don't want to live a life of average. I don't want to be average in life. I don't want to waste the grace and the gifting of God upon my life. I don't want to, to, for my life to amount to nothing. Holy Spirit, I'm asking for the infilling, infilling of the spirit of excellence. If you can pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. Ask for the infilling 
of the spirit of excellence to make you outstanding, to make you stand out in everything that you do. The spirit of excellence that guarantees success. The spirit of excellence that will set you apart. The spirit of excellence that guarantees promotion. Ask God today to fill you with the spirit of excellence. A fresh infilling of the spirit of excellence that will set you apart. That will take you to the pinnacle, to the top of your career, to the top of your business, to the top in everything you do. Ask God today. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We appreciate you for your word. Thank you for what you have done in our midst. Thank you for speaking to us today about what it takes to live a life that is above average. Only Spirit, we are asking for a fresh infinite. We cannot do this by our own power. We cannot operate in excellence just by sheer will and might. We need you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you empower us today to live an excellent life in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we are asking for a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit like we have never experienced before. Lord, we pray that you will fill us with the spirit of excellence. And Lord, as you fill us with the spirit of excellence, Lord, you will help us, oh God, to have a yielding heart, a winning spirit that will cooperate with the plan and purpose of God for our lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, the spirit, oh God, will distinguish us. We will go from glory to glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, for everyone present here and watching online, we will not know a better yesterday in the mighty name of Jesus. None of us will be found in a gathering where they are reminiscing about the good old days in the mighty name of Jesus. For us, our paths will always shine brighter and brighter in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we are asking, oh God, for the grace to be disciplined, the grace to put in the effort required to spend time and deepen our relationship with you. We receive that grace in the name of Jesus. We receive that empowerment in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We give you the praise forevermore. There is none like you, Jesus. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Come on, Ignite Church. Give God a shout. Hallelujah.